morning, Life Center. I am super, super, super pumped about being here today. Excited. Man, we had just a great weekend. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so today is, is week two of the vow. I'm Andrew. I'm one of the pastors around here. If you don't know me, you do now. We're best friends. Um, so... So we had a we had a good time. We're we're, we're doing this this series on the vow, and and you know February is the love month and all that good stuff. And so we kind of centered it around that. And we're we're talking about marriages. And if you're not married, that's okay. We're giving you some advanced tips. So when you walk into that dating relationship, you can just lay them on the table and say, "Dude, if you can't meet these, we're out. I'll save you money on this meal. <laughs> we can make this happen quick." Uh, this weekend was Ignite, a couple's weekend, and you heard some cheers. It was amazing. Friday night, we came in here. This room is pretty amazing. We turned it into a theater. We watched a movie. We got all cozied up to our, our significant other, our spouse, our loved one. We had a good time. We had some snacks, and it was great. And then Saturday, we had a guest speaker that came here for a couple hours. It was so much fun. We laughed. We learned. We just we fell in love all over again, and Ross saying, you've lost that loving feeling. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Hall and Oates have nothing on my man Ross, right? It was fantastic. So, so getting back into, into the vow, last week Pastor Scott challenged us with our first vow. And that, how many of you remember? I promised the, to God that I will keep him first, my first priority, and my spouse will be my two, my number two, right? God is first and your spouse is second. So that was our first part of our commitment through this series. The second one today is I promise to always Pursue my two. I promise to always pursue my two. Um, and and, and this, this is going to be fun. You guys are going to laugh. So just this is going to be funny. Right? You're going to see some stuff that you will have never seen before today. I can promise you that. So we're going to talk about what it looks like to pursue someone. How many of you, let's see a show of hands. How many people are married in here? All right. We got a lot of married people. How many people are uh, heavily involved? <laughs> <laughs> All right, got it. So, so we all know that when, especially when you're young, when you, when, you're, when you get into a relationship, you're a little older, you're a little wiser. But I would still question this. You know, we, we do really, we, we do silly things when we're pursuing that love, right? Uh, we we kind of just go all out. You know, uh, back in the day, I remember I had a girlfriend and, and my, my, my family were missionaries and, and we traveled a lot. So my relationships were like five minutes long. Um, so, but, and this is before cell phones and all that stuff, because I'm like 500 years old. Uh, <laughs> but, but I remember I, I, I would, long distance phone calls, right? And my dad used to give me all kinds of f- trouble because we had calling cards and I would like use them up, uh, you know, and I just, we wouldn't say anything, you know, so are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here, you know. So what are you doing now? Same thing I was five minutes ago, I'm talking to you. <laughs> you know, just whatever, you know, you're just in love. And so, so I, I came back from Africa Went to college, uh, and, and I didn't know how to talk to girls. My goodness, I'm like Tarzan coming out of the jungle. I didn't know anything. So I got to show you. I got to show you some pictures here. Uh, I mean, that's me up there, clearly the coolest guy around. And then look at that girl, dude. Let me tell you something. I'm not sure I even spoke English when I met her the first time. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. you know, it's, it was funny because she still remember. I still remember the first day I met her. And I, I can tell you what she was wearing. She was wearing green glasses. She had a black and white dress on, but I don't even know what I said. I think I got my name out. That might have been about it. But clearly, this one rattled my cage. And so I didn't know how to talk to Jane. You know, I'm Tarzan, right? I didn't know how to do this stuff. So I'm, 
I'm doing everything I can because I have got to win this girl. So I start the pursuit. I mean, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like the African mountain runner. I am pursuing this girl. So, so I had an 85, I think it was 85 Chevy S10 pickup truck. 82, 85, you would probably remember better than I would. Uh, anyway, it was like 80s, late 80s, mid 80s. Uh, and my dad and I had rebuilt the motor, had glass packs on it, sounded amazing. Twin pipes coming out the back, you know, it rumbled like a little, I don't know, a little pickup truck that it was. But the, <laughs> it felt like it was a big truck. Anyway, so uh, after we started dating, I, the, the, at the college I was at, the parking lot on, near where the dormitories were, she could hear my truck from the window score. That was awesome, right? <laughs> so I remember, I remember like, you know, we, we you know, started connecting, and then I, I, was, I asked her out, and so I, I remember I had to get everything right. So this was back in the days of cassette players. I mean, some people ain't even going to raise their hand. You don't know what it is. <laughs> cassette players, but I had a portable CD player. I was game. I, mean, right, I was bringing the A game, and, and I, all I had was Jesus music. So I, did, I had to go borrow Michael Bolton because someone <laughs> told me Michael Bolton's magic, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm like, this choir music isn't going to do it. I need some help. So I had my portable DVD player, or CD player, and I had, I had you know, the, the tape adapter. That, and, and you couldn't bump this thing. If you bumped it, it skipped. So you, every third word, you know, you're jumping the song. It doesn't matter. Uh, but, but I had that, and I, I washed and waxed my truck, and, I, and my truck had a bench seat in it. And, I, dude, I armor all that bench seat. I figure if I make a hard right really quick, she'll end up right here. I mean, it was all calculated. This was all planned. You know, we didn't have to wear seat belts so much back then. So, anyway, got the truck all ready to go, and, uh, and, and everything had to be perfect because I was chasing this girl. And so, next picture is us, some pictures of us when we were dating. Dude, I had hair. Come on, somebody. I mean, this girl, she stole my heart, still has it owns it. And the thing is, though, if you, look at, if you look at my face, I look tired in all these pictures because I was running. I was running. I was chasing that girl hard. And so, you know, the, the things that, when I think back on that, it's funny. I remember going and buying cards and writing notes and, and just everything I could do in pursuit of this girl because I had to win this girl, right? And it was tough because this next picture, there was some serious competition in the house. She dated those two guys. Yeah. Bam! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should have We're the Champions playing right now. Yeah, I got to take her home. She's with me. Been with me for 26 years. Yeah. It's funny, though, when I, we were looking through those pictures last night, she came across that one of us, the three of us. Weird. How weird a picture is that, right? But she was cracking up last night. We, we had fun digging these pictures out. And, man, I forgot how long ago that's been. My goodness. Um, but, but it's interesting because by nature, uh, we tend to pursue things that we don't have and we won't, right? We just kind of have a drive to chase things, pursue things that we're after. And that drive is actually what, what causes us to achieve goals. And, and if you're married, it's the, that drive is what earned you the heart and the hand of the person that you're sitting beside today. So, so it's, it's built into us. And, and the thing is, though, I think, I think, um, now the attention span of the average adult is even dropped even less. I mean, we're just right above a goldfish, you know, being able to focus. There's so many things distracting us. And, 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 and the th- same thing happens in a marriage especially. Over time, 
you know, time just gets in the way, life gets in the way, you get busy, it's the same thing every day, you know, it's kind of getting, you know, you realize you wake up and this person that's been with you for however many years, you know, you just like, they're just there, they're like, you know, the couch is in the living room, the TV's in the living room, and there's your wife, right? It's just like part of the furniture, you know, glad you're here today. Um, so it just, you kind of lose some of the adventure, some of the excitement, you know, we're, we're, so, we're so emotional people, we're so, we're so led by our emotions, and, and our emotions get us in trouble all the time, right? How many of you can say amen to that? I know I can. Um, just... We're led by that. And so you get into a marriage, and then the emotions kind of settle, and now it's just life. And, and, and you realize that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you have lost that love and feeling, or maybe just things have kind of stale, and there's just not much there, and you're just coexisting. You're not enemies. You don't fight all the time. You're just taking up space together, right? And you look around, and you see a newlywed, and you're like, oh, that'll wear out soon. Uh, you, you, <laughs> I've got some great advice for you. Make sure you get a comfortable mattress because that's going to be your friend. You know, <laughs> get a good TV, whatever. It just you just kind of grow, grow kind of into this this sort of process and rut, and then and the priorities shift, and we kind of stop pursuing that person. You know, I don't, I don't. I don't uh, have to be creative when I take my wife out because she's not going anywhere else. <laughs> she's with me. You know, and, and things just kind of the it, it just sort of settles, and then. You know, I just this question popped in mind is is what else, what other area in your life would improve if you were lazy and didn't add something to it? I got to thinking about that. There's really nothing. You can't you can't do better at work if you don't if you're lazy and don't improve. You, you can't you can't do, do lose weight if you're lazy too too lazy to work out and eat the right food. Right. So everything in life that you want to be better takes a little work. You know, someone said that uh, if the grass is looking greener on the other side of the fence. You should start watering your lawn, yeah. right? Quit looking over the fence at what may be over there and work on what's on your side of the fence. You know, we live in a society that if your grass is greener, I'll just move into your house. That way I don't have to worry about working on my lawn. I'll just live in your house, right? And when I get tired of your lawn, I'll find another. You know, just don't put the effort in. Just get the easy fix. Get the quick resolution and move this thing along. And, you know, some, you know I'm sure everybody in here knows people that have changed spouses like they changed shoes. I think I need a new pair. I'm going to get me another one. You know, whatever the case is, it's just our society kind of pushes this sort of approach to us. But I believe that there's, there's a different way. And how many of you guys know that when Jesus starts showing us a way, it's different from what we normally do, right? And it's not always easy, but it's always right, right? It's not always easy, but it's always right. So there's a, there's a biblical perspective on this pursuit thing, and I want to unpack it with you real quick today. In Genesis chapter 2, uh, verse 24, it said, this scripture this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Now, the word united there is translated from a Hebrew word, which means to cling or adhere, to catch by pursuit, or to pursue hard with affection and devotion. It's more than just the, the verse that's said at the wedding, you know, when they're about to do the vows, and they, the preacher says this scripture, they're going to be united. It's more than that. It denotes action. It denotes work. It denotes a pursuit. It denotes uh, some uh, clinging to or holding on to, not being clingy, clinging to. There's, that's different. Um, pursuing hard with love and affection after the person that you're in love with. And so there's a story in the Bible, I think, that really, really captures the essence of that word. And it's the story of Jacob and uh, Rachel. And it's a really, it's a fascinating story. In fact, in Genesis 29 is where you'll find it, and I'm only going to touch on it today, but you owe yourself to go read the story because it's got some funny stuff in it. So in Genesis chapter 29, uh, Laban, who is the father of Rachel and Leah, 
he's a relative of sorts to Jacob. And so Jacob comes over there, and he's going to start living there, and he's going to work there. And, and he sees Rachel, and he's like, that's the one. And so he, he talks to Laban. And so the Bible says we're going to step in here in verse 16. Now, Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. And verse 17 is very interesting. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Now, I don't know Bible talk very well, but uh, I looked at some other translations and that had weak eyes in other translations. One said had no sparkle in her eyes. One said she had gentle eyes. One said she had nice eyes. I think as Bible speak for a girl, you're homely, but you, you, know, you have a nice personality. Right? I think that's what that means. Basically, Rachel was hot. Leah was not. That whole swipe right left. I don't know. You know just, so, so, so Jacob is like, if you give me that girl, I will work for you for free for seven years. I don't know. We need to re-implement this. I, had two, I have two daughters. One's already married. The next, I think I'm gonna impl- I need seven years out of some Yahoo and get my money's worth out of this guy, right? Seven, I'm loving this. Seven years. You like my daughter? Seven years you owe me. I didn't know dad should be grabbing. There you go. He, he gave me one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he starts working for free because he's got his eye on the prize. I mean, in his little tent, he had that little sculptor of, of Rachel, you know. He's like, that's the girl. And so it's really cool in, that, in the Bible it says, and this is a quote, they seemed like a few days to him. Come on, that's love, right? When you were seven years, it's just like days, man. This is no big deal. Seven years have gone by like that because, girl, I'm after you. And this is where the story really gets wonky. Like, I don't understand how this works, but the wedding week is here, and it's a whole week. Like, I'm, thank God they didn't do that anymore. One day was enough for me. A week-long wedding separa- celebration they have in the party, and then, then it's time for, uh, for Jacob to take his bride, and the honeymoon suite is all set up. And, and you've got to read this story. I'm telling you, I'm not making it up. You've got to read this story. So, you know, the honeymoon night happens, and then the next morning, Jacob's like, I need a cup of coffee, and he wakes up, and it's not Rachel, it's Leah, it's weak eyes. <laughs> like, dude, what did you just switch on me? Like, you can, it's one thing to get it raw into, but that's a bad deal, because this thing is already done. I mean, there's no going back here, and so he goes storming into his father-in-law's room, like, I grabs him by the collar, like, what did you just do? I worked for seven years for Rachel. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's a customer around here that the oldest has to be married before the youngest. And nobody came up in those seven years, so, dude, you got her. But don't worry. We have another week of wedding planned, and you can marry Rachel. Now, I had always heard this story told, and I kind of just drew the conclusions myself that he worked another seven years, and then he got Rachel. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that the week after the Leah wedding happened, they went ahead and had a Rachel wedding. But guess what my man did? He worked another seven years after he already had Rachel. That's the money right there. God wants you to pursue your two. Just as hard as you worked for her to get her the first time, you got to work that hard to keep her with you all the time. And it's not working because you think she's going to leave. It's not working because you think he's going to go find somebody else. It's working because... The love that, that God intends for a marriage union to be is the same kind of love that he has for you and I. 
It's not an emotional love. It's not a it feels good, so it must be right kind of love. No, it's deeper than that. It's the thick and thin kind of love. It's the morning breath kind of love. It's the you're sick and I'm helping you out kind of love. It's the I'll get up and clean the baby's diaper because you're tired kind of love. It's all that stuff you don't want to do kind of love, but you love anyway, right? Right. God explains this to us. Paul's writing Ephesians he writes it this way. He says, husbands, this is an amazing verse. We read it last week. We'll read it again. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, I don't know what your religious background is or what your knowledge of the Bible is, but I'll explain what that means. Basically, Jesus came, walked on this earth, and willingly laid down his life on a cross, died and rose again so that you could be born again so that you could be part of his bride. So he gave, literally gave himself up for her. So if he's telling us men that we're supposed to love our wives in that capacity, come on, that's serious. There was nothing, there was nothing really you know, beautiful and sexy about the cross, was it? It's painful, humiliating, but that's the kind of love. And, and here's the thing. He didn't do that for us to be saved and then just kind of forget about you. No, how many of you know that Christ is still pursuing you? I don't know if you've had a week like I have where I needed to go to him and say, you know what, I really shouldn't have done that. I really should not have said those words. I need you to forget. That's him still pursuing you. He doesn't stop pursuing through the grace and reckless love that he shows to us. So, so if God is intending for us to live that kind of life and pursue our spouse or, or our beloved in that same way, then, then it merits some attention. I want to talk to you. we got some singles in here. we got some people that are dating. I want to tell you this, and I, I, you need to take this one to the bank. Mutual pursuit is critical in the dating period. Mutual pursuit. Now, there were times when I was running a lot harder than that girl because clearly she had other people chasing. But there was at least one time I can remember that I was trying to walk away. <laughs> that lasted five minutes. We both were chasing. We both were pursuing. And I'll tell you this, if, you're, if, if that guy that you're enamored with doesn't value you enough to up his game, I mean, there's tons of songs about this. Boots were made for walking. I mean, uh, all these power, power, girl power songs. Just walk away. In fact, I was talking to Sierra on the way here. I was like, maybe I should say it this way. If he's not up in his game, don't walk away. Just run away. Just leave him in the dust. And if that girl that you're looking at isn't looking at you or talking to you any differently than she is, all those other guys she's hanging with, then you run away because she's not mutually pursuing the passion uh, of who you are. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm worth pursuing. Oh, come on, with feeling, y'all, with feeling. I'm worth pursuing. Girls, don't ever, ever, ever sell short. You are worth pursuing. Guys, don't ever settle. You're worth pursuing. That's how God loves us. That's how we know that someone loves us when they're pursuing us. And to, to all of us folks that are married, let me just say this. If on your honeymoon you had hair, or if the songs you listen to are now oldies, this still applies to you. It's time for us. It doesn't matter how many. If you're double digits in being married, it doesn't matter. There's never too late of a time to start pursuing your spouse. They need to know you're chasing them just as hard now as you did before you had them. It is never too late to start pursuing your two. Are you with me? All right, all right, all right. So let's, let's just draw the, the line there. Let's establish it. It's never 
too late. So, so moving quickly, moving right along, there's three simple things. You guys can all remember. You don't have to write it down. It's so simple. Three things. What does pursuit look like in action? First one is say it. Everybody say it. Say it. <laughs> Everybody say the word say it. There we go. Hebrews 3.13. Encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. This, this is a pulled out of a passage of scripture, but it, it can apply in so many applications, and it definitely applies in this application. Do not rob your spouse from feeling fulfilled or allowing deceitfulness of sin to enter his or her life because you did not verbalize the blessings that they are to you. Do not rob them of that. And that deceitfulness of sin, what that's meaning is it's allowing things to settle in their heart that doesn't need to be there that can become sinful. If you're not, if you're not verbalizing what your spouse is to you, how, what they mean to you, or your significant other that you're chasing, if you're not talking to them and you're not verbalizing that, somebody will. And that's planting seeds of deceitfulness that will ultimately lead them down a path that is sinful. It is just as much my job to keep my wife saved as it is hers. And how I treat her is, a, is the, the representation of how God treats her. Ouch. That's tough. Don't come at me and say, well, I'm not very good with words. Is it really hard to say, thank you for being kind? Is that hard? I mean, let's practice. Thank you for being kind. Good job. Good job. You look great today. You look great today. Thank you. Appreciate it. You look great today. Or, or that was a great meal that you cooked. Or in the case that they don't cook, this is a great restaurant you picked. It still works. It still works. Just you've got to express, thank you for being my friend. Have you told your spouse that recently? Thank you for being my best friend. Maybe your spouse isn't your best friend. That's a different subject, different time. We'll have another seminar. How many of you guys have seen the, it's, it's like this anti-terrorist thing. It's say something, see something, see something, say something. You've, you've seen that before. It's on buses in the city. See something, say something. I'm telling you, it applies here. Don't, don't let good uh, things that your spouse has done go unrecognized. And thinking it is not enough. It has to be verbalized. Thank you for picking up my jeans I left on the floor. Sorry. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for the coffee that you gave. Do not rob your spouse. Just say it. Look at your spouse if you're sitting by your spouse and say, I'm going to do better. I'm going to say it. <laughs> There's some mumbling going on right now. Blah, 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 blah. All right, I'm going to talk to the guys. I'm going to talk to the guys real quick about this saying it thing. Pursue her with words of affection. All right, listen, guys, guys, you're looking at all, all, all guys looking at me right now. All guys, this is tough. This is going to be hard for you, but we can do this. Look to your guy friend and say, I can do this. All right, pursue her with words of affection. Here's the key, non-sexual affection. How many, so, so guys never leave middle school. Just establish that. We are still in middle school. Guys can make anything sexual. Hey, baby, will you load the dishwasher? Girl, I load your dishwasher. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Will you rake the leaves? Oh, girl, you don't know how I can rake your leaves. <laughs> yeah, guys know how to do it. I don't know, it's a gift. It's a gift. 
God just gives it to us. I am so glad we're not streaming live today. That is good. <laughs> that is good. In between school, I was in South Louisiana. I worked on the railroad run summer. Amazing. The worst job I ever had. And I worked with this dude from South Louisiana. He was a bull rider. He could ride bulls in the local, uh, in the local uh, rodeos. It was hysterical. This guy was so funny. He had this saying. He would see a girl walk by. She was hot. He's like, girl, you got it going on like a pot of neck bone. I have no idea what that means. But <laughs> it was his go-to every time. Guys know how to do this, right? So apparently that's a good thing. So if you want to really, you know, get it going with your wife, just tell her she got it going on like a pot of neck bone. It will win you something. You got to be specific. Babe, I love you because you're always here with me. That's non-sexual verbal affirmation for all of you guys. Be specific. You got to say it. I'm just grateful that you're here. Thank you. I love you. My wife has really helped me understand something. Um, I'm king of, of generic apologies. I can apologize for things and, and never really apologize for anything. I'm good at that. Like, I'm sorry, you know, what? And then she started this thing. Just, oh, I used to just grate on my, it still gets me. Uh, I'd be like, I'm sorry, you know, so sincere. She's like, for what? Duh. I said, I'm sorry. For what? You didn't say what you were sorry for. Do you know how annoying that is in an argument? Man, that is tough. And she just stands there. And she makes me... I'm sorry for saying that you were dumb. Whatever it was, I just have to, you've got to articulate it. And I've learned from that. Now I can't just say, I love you, babe. What does that even mean? Those are words just fly out of my mouth. I love you for being with me today. I love you for being my friend today. I love you because you're always with me. I love you because I come home and there's dinner ready. I love you because of that. I love you, I love you because you love my kids. I, be specific, guys. Non-sexual, verbal affirmation. What she needs to hear, what she wants to hear is, do you love me today? Do you love me today? Why do you love me today? And to the ladies, you are not exempt from this. Pursue him with words of affirmation. I'm a words guy, and I, I can't tell you how much this actually means to me. If I'm in a room, group of people, and I say something funny, and she laughs... Dude, the world goes quiet, and that's all I hear is that laugh. Because there's, there's reason for this. She's tough to get to laugh. I mean, she's, she doesn't crack up at my corny jokes, right? So when I get her to laugh, I'm scoring big time. That's a win. If she tells me that I did a good job speaking today, all of you guys can compliment me, and I appreciate it. But when she says it, whew, bring it on. I can take on the When she tells me she is a proud of my accomplishments Man, I'm so proud of what you're doing at work. Man, I'm telling you what, there is nothing. It is like something just grabs hold of me and just makes my backbone stiff, my chest, as big as it is, puff out. <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyway, mentally, it looks like this, you know? <laughs> Try to avoid telling him what he's not because that's not going to earn anything. That's not pursuing him with word. Here's the beauty of this. Ladies... You have the ability to call greatness out of your husband. The guy you're dating, if you really care about this guy, you have the ability to call greatness out of him by not comparing him to somebody else, but saying, you know what? Thank you so much for being the man you are because it makes a difference for me, bro. 
I'll wake up before the alarm clock goes off. I'm going to work because I'm making a difference in this woman's life. It's empowering. Ladies, this is what we want and need to know. Do you believe in me today? Do you believe in me today? This is good stuff, right? This is good stuff. It's good stuff. The second thing is do it. Do it. It's easy. Do it. Nothing says I'm pursuing that person like good old action, like planning a date night. I'm terrible at planning things, Lord. I come up with great ideas after Valentine's Day. I come up with great gift ideas on December 26th. I come up with fantastic ideas the day after her birthday. I come up with plans. Oh, I could have just done. I'm terrible at planning, and I have spent 26 years working on this, and I missed this Valentine's Day. How great is that? Someone said, what? (laughs) Yes, it still happens. Some of us are a little slow, but we're getting better. (laughs) Guys, if you have kids, if you're married and have kids, they're little. Your wife comes home from work. Take care of the kids. Put them in bed. Tell her to go take a bath. I mean, and do it without trying to, you know, plan the next event after they're asleep, right? (laughs) Try to do it selflessly. Try to do it. Ladies, slip a note in your husband's lunch. I'm telling you, man, I've opened my lunchbox before and found a note, and dude, I'm like wanting to just like, yeah! <laughs> right? It's amazing. It's amazing. There's a saying that says the path to hell is paved with good intentions. You ever heard that saying before? The, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. You got to make it happen. Don't use the excuse, well, I don't have enough money. Sure, sure. Everybody has these challenges. Don't let those things be hurdles. You know, we had, we had Ignite this weekend, and, and there's some couples in here that were at Ignite. So I want, all, I want Pastor Scott and Tawana to come up here real quick. All the couples that were at Ignite, I want you to stand up real quick, all across the room. Stand up. We're so glad you guys came. Uh-huh. Oh, right there. Fine. Um, so so I, this is a great weekend, and I'm really grateful for you, all of you guys that came. And, and we, want you, we want you to come up. Just come up. We got a little gift for you for being with us on that weekend. And if you missed it... We will. <laughs> if if you missed it this time, do not worry. It will happen again because it was an amazing success. It was beautiful. It was awesome. And the reason why we're celebrating these couples, the reason why we are celebrating these couples is because they fall into this category of just doing it right. They just decided. We'll spend 25 bucks for a weekend. We'll carve out a Friday night. We'll carve out, carve out a Saturday morning, and we'll just spend it with the one we love. And I'm telling you, it was, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. So thank you guys for coming to this event. Thank you for making it great. And I'm telling you, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Just do it. Do it. If you don't have much money, it's okay. You can go to McDonald's and make a romantic meal at McDonald's. Just get creative. Think outside the box. Do what you have to do to pursue that bride of yours because she is still worth pursuing. 26 years into this thing, when I was working on this message, I started realizing that I'm not pursuing her nearly as much as I did when I started. And guess what? I'm going to up my game. I just said that in front of everybody, babe. Going to up my game. The third thing and the last thing is be it. Look at your neighbor and say, be it. it. This one's tough, guys, so I saved the best for last. This one's tough. If you want to see change in your spouse, grab a mirror 
and start working on you. If you want to see her stop nagging, grab a mirror and start getting to work. <laughs> if you want to see him be more attentive, ladies, grab a mirror and start getting to work. Be the change in you that you want to see in your spouse. Another story about my wife that I learned from her. I didn't realize this, but I, I was not a very forgiving person. I just, you know, if you did me wrong, I would let it go, but I just, it, it, I held it. And I, I, and I felt like I had to hold it over her until, until she apologized with enough, enough you know, that, that I would release her from this terrible pain and suffering she had called me, right? <laughs> so, so I had a hard time with that, and what you've, you've been around here sometime, you've heard my wife's story. She was sexually abused as a young child. And she has walked through this journey of forgiveness. And what she has taught me is I just need to grow up and knock it off. And the change that needs to happen needs to happen here. If she can forgive through that kind of pain, there is nothing she can say or no offense she can cause me that I cannot work on me and learn how to forgive quickly, right? So be the change that you want your spouse to be. Don't be nagging your spouse about how they need to be better, how they need to change who they are, how they need to become a more spiritual partner in your marriage. Don't nag them about that. Become that. Work on you. And if you're in a healthy relationship, that other person is going to realize, I better get my, I better up my game because she's leaving me in the dust. Right? Be the change you're speaking. Don't spend the energy griping about them and all that kind of stuff. You become what God wants you to be, and it will so influence your spouse. You're like, Pastor Andrew, you pipe dreaming. No, it's real. If you have two people that are committed to him being number one and the other partner being number two and pursuing the number two, there's going to be this kind of change that will happen. Worship team, you guys come. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you don't like what you're getting out of this relationship, you need to take a look at what you're giving. If you don't like what you're getting, you need to take a look at what you're giving. If you're giving a bunch of nagging and the guy is getting more distant and more frustrated with you, take a look at what you're giving if you want to change what you're getting. Guys, if you're tired of the nagging, take a look at what you're giving before you start griping about what you're getting. Does this make sense? Does this make sense? I'm only standing on the stage with the mic because it's my turn. I'm hearing all of this. I'm working all of this because it's real. There's no I've done the marriage thing check. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. It's I'm living the marriage thing. There's no checkbox. It's the future. It's the same way Christ loved us and continues to every time I do something really stupid, I sin, I fail, I just royally mess up. The first place I want to go is to Jesus and say, you know what? I need you to forgive me. And if I'm expecting him to pursue me through my mess, then I better turn around and live that out to my spouse. It doesn't matter what she does. I better pursue her. It doesn't matter if we get to be married for 48 years or 50 years. I've got to pursue her until we're done. Right? It takes work. But that commitment is worth it. Two simple principles. 
To get what you've never had, you must do what you've never done. So if you're dating, you're looking into a relationship, set this principle up first. Pursue Christ first. Let him be your number one. And then let that person know that you've got to pursue me just like I'm going to pursue you. Set the precedent. This is how you want it to be for your future marriage. Don't just see what happens. I think this might be the one. We'll just try it out. This isn't shoe shopping. You're committing. So if that person is off the rails, then find someone else. It's not worth it. You are worth more than settling. You're worth more than settling. To get what you've once had, you must do what you once did. So all of you guys, all of us that have been married, maybe, well, I guess I can't grow the hair, but <laughs> I can work on the other stuff, right? I can pursue her. I can pursue her. I can get creative. I can get home, have everything ready to go. She walks to the door, get her in the car, take her to a park, have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in a basket, sit down there and just talk to her like I did when I fell in love with her. We used to go to a park. It was called Friendship Park. Had a bench. I think we wore the paint off that bench. We sat there and talked and talked and talked. And now we're busy. And now I'm like, hey, is that you in bed with me? <laughs> I haven't seen you all day. Guys, I know we don't have time for talking. We got things to do. Just stop. Take the dang phone and put it somewhere where you can't see it or hear it. And just listen to that person that God gave you to pursue. The person that God gave you to model his love for us in front of children. Think about that. Let's, let's have a paradigm. Let's pursue that person like we did the first time we found them. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, we are so thrilled that you came to spend your Sunday morning with us. And if you're a first-time guest, like Tawana said, stop by our VIP booth right here. We'd love to thank you for being here with us and, and being with us today. Many places you could be today, but this is the best place. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week, and we will see you next week.